Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this Stanley Cup final preview of Blue Line Icing presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is myself, Greg the Prophet Piatelli, and Jared Barnes previewing the 2019 Stanley Cup final between the St. Louis Blues and the Boston Bruins. We go through everything, all the key matchups and storylines you need to know, and we make our picks to wrap up our playoff picks for 2019. It was a ton of fun to record, and I cannot wait to hear what you guys think, but make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports, and Instagram and Facebook, just like the website. But enjoy this episode, guys. I cannot wait to hear what you guys think and to watch this series. Here we go. And we are live. Welcome to this Stanley Cup final preview episode of Blue Line Icing presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me after a round off because we couldn't figure out timing for the Eastern and Western Conference finals are my guys, Jared and Greg. We'll start with you, Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Uh... <laughs> Couldn't be happier. Little, uh, little pissed off at the Celtics for ruining the Boston sweep uh, or hopes of a sweep, but uh, feeling well. I'm not gonna give away my feelings going into the, the Stanley Cup, so uh, that'll be saved for another pod for another time, oh. aka five minutes from now. But Jordy, it's a beautiful, beautiful day in the neighborhood. Seventy degrees plus. How you doing? I, you know, I'm good. Uh, you know, it's finally summery weather here in Pennsylvania, and uh, you can't be too upset with that. About to go play my third round of golf in as many days after we wrap this up. But let's uh, let's introduce our other guy, Jared Barnes, all the way over from a couple blocks from me. Jared, how are you, my friend? Uh, gentlemen, I'm well this morning here in the command center, trying to fire up the uh, the uh, jumbo vision over here um, as we as we chat and uh, under my second cup of coffee. So I'm buzzing. Greg's buzzing. Jordy. You need some smelling salts. Yeah, something like that. I uh, threw some water on my face right before we th- we got on. So I think uh starting to wake up a little bit. There we but, go. Jared, you, you getting ready for the race today? What race? Isn't uh, Charlotte today the NASCAR race? Uh, Jordy, Jordy, Jordy. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday is when everything happens. So for those who don't know, I know this is a hockey pod, but no. the uh, biggest day in auto racing is the Sunday before Memorial Day, a.k.a. the day before. Uh, you wake up in the morning. You can watch the Monaco Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you can go to the Indianapolis 500, which Roger Pedsky won his 18th Indy 500, hashtag Lehigh grad, um, with his driver, who actually looks like the uh, the guy from Talladega Nights, who's also a Frenchman. It's hilarious. Look up the photo. And and then uh, at night is the Coke 600, which is the longest race. Uh, the I thought the Coke 600 was on Monday. No. That's my bad. No, it isn't, but sometimes you get a driver like a Danica Patrick or a Tony Stewart that will race both the Indy 500 and the Coke 600 if they can qualify for both. So. Wow. What a day. Martin Truex won last night. The race ended like 1130, and then I went to bed. Ah, all right. Very nice. Very nice. Well, boys, Stanley Cup final start tonight, Memorial Day, 8 p.m., Boston Bruins versus the St. Louis Blues. 
Before we jump into the into it, let's talk a little bit about the storylines. We'll start. We'll start with the Bruins. A little more the the traditional route came out of the Atlantic Division. We talked about it a little bit. We we I believed in the Bruins, but we thought maybe Tampa Bay was going to run away with this after their historic season. We thought they were destined to run into that, and Jared was the only one that believed believed in the possibility of an upset. And boy, was it one the the. Columbus Blue Jackets swept the Tampa Bay Lightning out, and the Bruins took care of business against them in the second round against those Blue Jackets before dispatching the Carolina Hurricanes in the form of a sweep in the Eastern Conference Finals. Greg, we'll start with you, just on, just since you are a Bruins fan. What have your thoughts been throughout the playoffs, throughout the season, and what are some of the things that you've seen and that you're going to look for in the series? Yeah, so going into the season, uh, honestly, the storylines were that their rookies, aka or their younger guys, I should say, those in McAvoy, Pasternak, DeBrus, Danton Heinen, all those guys uh, would be that much older this year. So this season, there are very, very high expectations. Some would argue Stanley Cup expectations, and now they've met those. Um, and for them to have the second best record in all the NHL and then have such, uh, I don't want to say easy road because the Stanley Cup playoffs is very hard, but Looking at the beginning of the playoffs, you would say, in theory, they sh- the Bruins were, should have played Toronto, then Tampa Bay, then either Pittsburgh or Washington. And those three teams, uh, personally, I thought that that would be nearly impossible for them to beat three very, very tough teams. Um, but luckily, Columbus was the right formula to sweep Tampa Bay and get them out of the playoffs for the Bruins. And then uh, Carolina and the Islanders surprised everyone in the first round, beating the both the Capitals and um, the Penguins. So Carolina or the Islanders, whoever, whomever it was, was going to lose to Boston or Columbus regardless. So easy, easy Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, almost a joke. It makes me a little nervous heading into Stanley Cup since the Blues have been battling it out. Um, consistently i should say through all three rounds but um going into the playoffs a little nervous and as we went on round by round it felt like it was getting easier and easier for the bruins all righty jared what have your thoughts been watching the bruins throughout these playoffs and and for what you had seen during the regular season well sounds like greg is saying they're they're a false eastern conference final champion that's that's what that just sounded like to me sounds like it wasn't hard enough for him to get there uh, That's just a paper chip. That's just a paper chip. It sounded like, I hate to say it. Um, now, the Bruins, you know, as most teams do, they had trials and tribulations throughout the year. And throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, there has been a lot of parity, as we've seen. And, you know, a team gets hot, hot, and then you could be like my guys, and they just get cold, and they're going to dismantle half the team this offseason, which I'm okay with. Um, <clears throat> I really think coming into it, it, it was – once again, you had the President's Cup trophy winner not do anything. You had the Stanley Cup hangover for the, the Caps. And then you had a team like Columbus where they pushed all in before um, Brzezgalov put his uh, apartment on sale in Columbus because he's definitely leaving and going to a team in Florida. That's just my two cents. But with the Bees, you know, <clears throat> yeah, they're a good team. As much as I dislike some of their players on the team, they, they made it there and you can't can't put that away on them whatsoever. So looking forward here as we get into soon to our preview of the cup finals tonight, 
you know, you can you can say that they might not have had the hardest, we'll say, road to the Stanley Cup Finals. They're not their Western Conference foes, uh, and we'll get into that in a second. But they still made it there. And in my opinion, uh, once again, Mr. Cliche over here, it's time to throw everything out the window and you got seven games. That's what you got now. Yeah, a thousand percent. And and we'd be remiss to not mention uh, the injuries the Bruins have had. Have yeah. had. Guys have gone on and off. Uh, not really the IR because it's the playoffs, but guys have been in and out of the lineup. Uh, they've they've had guys on defense that have been banged up a little bit. Guys on uh, up front that have been uh, you know been been a little bit banged up. But I think the Bruins have really shown, at least for me watching them, their depth and really where they can flex that way. And you've seen a number of different guys throughout that lineup step up, like Charlie Coyle, who was a huge addition at the trade deadline for them. Um, and you've seen you've started to see in that Carolina series some of those guys in that first line really step up. So I think. You know, we'll we'll get into the rest versus rust of the Bruins having over ten days off since their last game coming into tonight, uh, which could be a factor. We'll we'll jump into that a little bit, but I think it's it's been an exciting road for them and and a team that, like Greg was saying, coming into the year, a lot of people thought these these guys might have a shot of of being maybe the number one overall seed, and and obviously Tampa Bay had a historic season. So seeing them standing standing there at the, in the final round now. Uh, you know, it isn't. It isn't too shocking to see if you if you told me that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. So let's jump over to the Blues because this has been for them has been one of the crazier stories in sports in the last six months since since the new year. Between that and and Tigers and Tiger winning winning the Masters, there have been two incredible comebacks. St. Louis Blues on January third were in dead last in the NHL and. Turned things around. They got red hot off the back of rookie goaltender Jordan Biddington. Um, they all bought into, bought in, and and their entire team has really stepped it up. Obviously, making the playoffs as a three seed, upsetting the Winnipeg Jets in the first round, uh, or you know, upset is, is a little bit of a word, but it was a three over a two regardless. Then they took out Dallas, who themselves took upset the division winners in the Nashville Predators in the if we want to call it the Central Division Championship or the second round of the playoffs uh, before facing a tough San Jose Sharks team who, after coming back against the Vegas Golden Knights, it seemed like they might be unstoppable too, that they now have their own narrative to run. But the Blues got it done, and they now sit here in the Stanley Cup Finals on possibly one of the great stories of 2019. And Jared, we'll start with you. What have you seen watching this team throughout the season and throughout the playoffs, and what are you expecting from them? So really, I mean, you talked about how I picked Carolina as my underdog the way through. There was no more of an ultimate underdog this year, this calendar year, than the St. Louis Blues. Um, Jordy, correct me if I'm wrong, but was it a 5 nothing shutout of the Philadelphia Flyers, Benning, uh, Bennington's first win? Um, I don't know if it's if, I don't know if it's his first win, but that's what started the Gloria train after after hanging out at a Mummers bar the night before, um, which is just taken off. Yes, I mean anyway, anyway we can get a little Flyers jab in there at the same time as praising a team. I'm all for so. The fact Jared, that it took you guys 20 minutes is Jared, shocking to me that you hadn't yet. So Jared, good, nice job. Good job by you. But I mean, that was that was more just straight fact. That was no, not, it, is, it is true. That, that, was, not a the, jab. that was the win that, that started it. Well, congratulations on the only thing the Flyers won this year. If you want to dra- uh, uh, a jab, is gritty winning a fucking Webby. So yeah. I mean, that's all you got. Your mascot, content, content machine. He is. He is. He is. 
joke. Prospects coming up, baby. I know. Uh, but get, okay. get one of them to trade their no trade clause. Get a couple draft picks. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna see some see, see some youth, and yeah. in front of Carter Hart. But let's let's continue talking about the Blues narrative for the last seventy five years. Um, <laughs> we're not even seventy five years old though. But Blues, Blues, please. Blues, Blues. Um, um, yeah. So I mean, they just they just took off, and it was just. Very interesting to see them, the trials and tribulations. They got through. They got hot. They got in. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's cute. They got into the playoffs. And then they started to look really good. And now they're they're there in the finals. Once again, nobody thought they would make it there. And all because of a song from the 80s. Sometimes you just need that spark. And now you you have all that you got. We all we got, we all we need. There's your Eagles there, Jordy. Um, and uh, – Let's see what happens, boys. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I think so. Greg, what are your, what have your thoughts been watching this team in the uh, the wild, wild west, these playoffs? I mean, it's a testament. The, the Blues were 15-18-4 on January 3rd. Everyone thought that, um, you know, they were going to trade and give it all their whatever. And the GM went the other way, was a buyer at the deadline, uh, turned, turned things around and, and – since January 3rd, they went 30, 10, and 5 and put themselves in the playoffs. And quite frankly, similar to the Bruins, yeah, Winnipeg is a tough out for sure. But Winnipeg was really sputtering in the second half of the year, not doing great. As Jared mentioned, hot team versus cold team in that matchup for sure. Um, and then you come down to the Stars who beat Vegas, and Vegas was my team to go back. They beat Nashville. They beat Nashville. All right, Nashville. Nashville is my team after Vegas. Like the two teams in the in Western Conference Finals that I had, um, but the Blues, obviously, Winnipeg's a great team on paper. The Stars have a couple um, big names and and as a very good goaltending, and then the Sharks, obviously, uh, do what they do. But uh, great run for the Blues, and you always have to fear teams that have something to rally around. You always have to fear teams that have that that X factor. Uh, the the Red Sox had it with, you know, playing New York, New York, um, you know, sort of every every great team. The the first Patriots Super Bowl had it being underdogs, and then uh, you know the whole team mentality coming out as a team as opposed to individually in the Super Bowl. The start of the trend. The first team to ever do it, and every team has copied them since. Um, so the Blues uh, sort of have that going on, have that mojo, and that's a scary thought. And good for them. I mean, they've certainly worked hard and certainly done their part to get there. And Bennington is just half the story. Uh, I think the other half is guys like Jay Bowmeister and some of their older defensemen actually figuring things out and, and something to be said about veteran defensemen starting slow and getting hot in the second half of the year. Oh, a thousand percent. And going to, and just those bigger than you know, bigger than sports storylines, just think about the city of St. Louis with, with sports, they lose their football team with, and, you know the the Rams owner just wanting to move, leave you know, leave the city. They go to L.A. They make the Super Bowl. At, you know, a few years removed from leaving St. Louis, the Cardinals are you know traditional powerhouse in the National League, but you know they've been kind of floating around the last couple of years. And the Blues, you know they've they've obviously been around since 1967, but they've they've really had this this long standing test of time of of they haven't made it since 1970 when they played the Bruins and. And I think there's there's that factor too that this entire city has rallied around them 
they've waited to see this, and I think there's a ton there. So I think game three, when it comes back to St. Louis, uh, game one tonight in Boston is going to be absolutely out of control. But I think this is just going to be two passionate fan bases going head to head. And I think game three is going to be fun to watch the pregame festivities. Yeah, Jordy, I don't disagree. Um, and a crazy stat about the Blues, the Blues are 9-1 in the playoffs when they score in the first six minutes of a game. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. So this season they've been 9-1 yeah. in the playoffs when they, first, when they score in the first six playoffs. Um, and, you know, the Bruins, on the other hand, have been are 11-0 when they are entering the third period with a lead. Uh, that's of their, what, 12 wins. That means only one of them, they came from behind in the third. That means they're winning, uh, in all, in all 11 out of 12 of their games when they were leading into the third. So that just speaks to the goaltending and the defensive mindset of both these teams that once they have a lead, they don't, uh, give it up. So for me, the, the biggest key I think will be who has the lead, uh, because whichever team has the lead early and and even going into third, but whatever team has the lead early, I think will be the team that wins every game. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think both teams we we've barely touched on their goaltending, and we'll jump into that where when we kind of go unit by unit. But both teams have ridden have ridden really hot goaltenders, and we we've obviously really talked about Bennington a ton but Tuka Rask has been outstanding for them so I think I agree with you I think if if we get into the third period one team's got a you know one or two goal lead you know it, it's it's going to be a grind but I, I you know I think it's pretty safe there um but yeah boys let's jump into it uh do you want to start with the Bruins offense versus the Blues defense or Blues offense versus Bruins D Jared I'll let you pick uh let's go with the Bruins offense versus uh the D all righty. All right. You want to you want to start breaking that down? No, I don't. All right, Greg. Greg, kick us off with this. Um. Yeah. So, Brad Marchand, who reached 100 points this year, and and that first line, uh, you could argue that Brad Marchand is like the Logan Couture of of the last series for the Blues defense. Um, and the Blues defense did a relatively good job. I mean, Couture had a couple of games where he went off. But other than that, they did a relatively good job of, of containing him. Um, I think the big thing is that Bergeron, or sorry, Marchand, seven goals, 11 assists. Bergeron, eight goals, five assists. Pasternak, seven goals, eight assists. They have scored 38% of Boston goals in the playoffs, 22 out of the 57 total goals they scored. Uh, and those three have have attributed to six of the of 12 game-winning goals that they've had. Um, the craziest part about Boston, though, outside of their first line, they've had 19 different players score goals during this playoff run and currently riding a seven-game win streak. Um, their power play is scoring at a ridiculous clip. Their PK is, is really uh, doing its job, but in terms of forwards – versus the Blues D. I think the Blues D are big, but they are a little slower than what the Bruins have played in the last two rounds. Um, yes, they the Blues are big and physical on defense, but um, the Bruins dealt with that with Columbus a little bit and, and really took it to Columbus's D, and Columbus's D had superstars of Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski. So I think at the end of the day, 
you know, Petrangelo, Edmonds, Bowmister, uh, all good defensemen, but I think the depth four lines of the Bruins offense is better than the Blues D. Yeah, I, well, I, I agree with that. I think that the, the depth, once you get past Petrangelo against the first line, I think the depth, <coughs> excuse me, will show itself uh, really against the, that back half, the bottom pairs on, on St. Louis. So I think that's, that's a really very astute point, Greg. Uh, Jared, I'm sorry for jumping on you. What oh, were you about to say? Fine. So if you take a look at, if you, I got a little stat guy a little bit here. Um, if you take shot on goal percentage for the top line of Edmondson and Petrangelo, um, their shots on goal percentage is almost uh, 59%. Their scoring chance percentage is 52%. And uh, they're, you know, those two categories alone compared to Boston's 46.4% shots on goal as well as a 46.9% scoring chance percentage. Now, goals for slash against, uh, this is the only defensive category that Boston seems to be leading on their top defensive pair, which is a 13-4, 15 against. Blues are 7-6. and six. But here's a, here's a stat that'll put some in there. They have three blue liners with double-digit goals this season. Now, that would be the Blues D. Boston has zero. So, in my opinion, you have a, the depth that Boston or that St. Louis has is more than Boston, um, and you also have an aging blue liner in Shara. Uh, he came out with a great. Oh, Jared, uh, we're gonna dump. We're gonna jump onto the Bruins. We're doing Bruins offense versus Blues D. I don't care. I substitute my own reality. Okay. <laughs> Get more coffee in you. I I I give back to the uh, to the uh, what do you uh, take it take it, Jordan. You're talking about Shara, but yeah. I. You know, the we'll get into the the Blues forwards in a second, but I honestly feel that if we went line by line, if we did forward universe forward yep. unit, you would you would at the end of the day think the Bruins four lines are better than the Blues four line, just based on line by line comparison. If we went one two three four versus one two three four. Okay. Um, just the edge, and, and, you know, that's just my opinion. I mean, granted, the Blues' fourth line has been unbelievable, but so has the Bruins. Yeah. And the Blues' third line in Maroon, Bozak, and Thomas has been really good, but so has Johansson, Coyle, and Dantenheim for the Bruins. So it's – it's. I think people are giving the Blues forward depth a little more um, – you're giving them credence when they're overlooking how – much depth the Bruins have had throughout the playoffs. Both teams, I think, are getting production from all four lines, which is yeah. a scary thing and going to be a great series. I think the bigger point is the Blues defenseman is just not as strong as a unit compared to the Bruins. Um, yes, Chara at times has looked slow, and he missed the last game with a little injury, but he's also had 15 days to, to rest because oh, yeah. of those games. And I think Carlo... McAvoy, Crew, Grizzlick, um, and whoever the sixth defenseman is for the Bruins, right now Connor Clifton, but those five outside Chara, I think, have really stepped up. And yep. um, while Chara is getting beat with anybody who has speed, you know, you saw in the Carolina series and even the Columbus series, uh, unless you have fast forwards, which the Blues don't really have, um, unless you're Toronto and have the skill to blow by yep. Chara, then he hasn't really been that much of a liability since the Toronto series. No, and, and here's one more thing for you guys, looking at Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand. Um, they have 106 goals and 260 points this season, and they've mm -hmm. lit the lamp 22 times in the postseason, uh, 18 times while they've been together. I mean, that that alone, you talk about firing on all cylinders. 
I mean, it's ridiculous. And I saw a statistic too, something to the effect of every t- um, if Marchant has a point in a game, I think it was a point or it was scoring one of the two. Uh, they're like twenty-one and one or something like that. I mean, some ridiculous statistic about him in the playoffs. As much as I loathe him with every fiber of my being, he's a hell of a hockey player. Yeah, and he's an agitator and he gets yeah. he gets in people's heads and, and you know, he's done what he's done. And and the Blues defense certainly have scored a lot of goals. Um just sticking back to the Bruins offense versus Blues D, and the Blues D has scored a lot of goals, but so has the Bruins D. So, um, you know, I feel like on paper, I'm going to give the edge to the Bruins forwards versus the Blues D. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to jump on that on, on that as well. I think also the, the Bruins forwards, I think defensively, play a stronger game on, on the back end with it to support those defense, the, the Bruins defensemen. And I think, you know, I really, I'm, Big fan of the depth. I really like that third line the Bruins Bruins can roll out. And I think because of the fact that they steam th- steamrolled through Carolina and, and we saw the bigger names step up in that series, and we haven't needed to see the the, the lower lines uh, really jump out on the paper. I'm going to give the, the the edge to Boston as well. Whoa, a little alert there. Yeah, uh, Jared, are you or, or who are you giving the, the edge to on this uh this side here? Oh, uh, when it when it comes to it, I mean I. I have to go with Boston. I mean, they are as much as I mean. This the stats don't lie, and that's the thing. If you're looking at it apples to apples, um, it's it's going to Boston. Hell yeah, hell yeah! All right, let's jump over to the other side. We started to talk about it a little bit, but the Blues forwards versus the Bruins D, and I, you know, I didn't really pipe in there, but I, you know, I think. The Blues obviously have a ton of depth, too. Their fourth line has been outstanding. We've seen Patty Maroon step up a ton throughout these playoffs and the story surrounding him with his kids with and with the super fan yeah, have been on the third line. But the no, he's third line, I thought he was a fourth liner. Um, but thank you for correcting me. But still, third line, fourth line, but the bottom six forwards. Um, you know, I mean, the story surrounding him and, and the rest of those guys has been absolutely outstanding. But those forwards, too, Tarasenko, who surprisingly only has 13 points, uh, only five assists to his eight goals in the, in these playoffs. You could see him really, really take a huge step. Jaden Schwartz, 16 points in 19 games. You could see a lot of these bigger names start to step up O'Reilly, um, you know, and, and if they really, really get it going along with a guy like Petrangelo or if they got on the power play a ton, we could see... You know, we could see them really, really try to take advantage too, because you know, Jared mentioned it. You know, with the struggles that we've seen with Chara, and, and you know, he he stepped it up a bit in that Carolina series. But I think the the Bruins D has has the ability to slow these guys down, but they're gonna they're gonna have their work cut out for them. Yeah, and and you alluded to it. Tarasenko really has been quiet the entire playoffs until yeah. the conference final. Where he in the conference final he had three goals and all five of the assists you just mentioned. So, um, and part of that was that they had their they had that first the Blues first line matched up against all the other teams top lines and it wasn't until the conference finals where they switched it to the they moved the first line matching up with the second line and that's really where Schwartz Shen and Tarasenko really were able to find some scoring. Um, and let Perron, their second line, they basically let their second line try and neutralize uh, any other first line from other teams. So I wonder if they try to do the same thing um, in terms of the Blues lineup. Um, 
like you mentioned, Jordy, you mentioned Maroon, you mentioned the third line and the fourth line. Um, and they're matching up with the Bruins defense. I think they're the Blues offense is a very physical unit uh, as a as four or four lines that are just power forwards. And yes, they have skill. Uh, you could argue it's similar to the Columbus uh, forward units um, in that they can body the defenseman, they can bully them. And uh, that series was certainly for the Bruins defenseman a grind. And like McAvoy missed some games, uh, missed a game with during that series. Um, Krug, Grizzly, all these defensemen got hurt during that series and yeah. that in Columbus. So I think the Bruins defenseman, uh, well, maybe not as big as the Blues defenseman, I think. The Blues forward, if they forecheck hard and they put pressure on the Bruins D and hit them every time they touch the puck, I think the Blues may the Blues forward may have uh, may be able to take it to the Bruins defenseman and cause some turnovers and and then put them one on one with Rask and and see how that goes. But um, I think if they forecheck hard and and continue to put pressure and hit the D, I think that'll uh, help them in the end. Yeah, Jared, what what say you, my friend? Well, I mean, you take, if you look offensively, you know, there's 18 players that have scored a playoff goal this year for the, uh, the Blues, defense and offense. Uh, Tarasenko with one point in each of the his six games in the conference final, three goals, five assists, and then Barbashev with two goals and one assist from your fourth liner. That's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's really, it comes down to, Greg, to your point before, if the Blues get, get a goal within the first six to seven minutes, you have a team that's up, and they get that confidence behind them. It's going to be pretty hard, even though Boston, uh, it's they're one of those teams where we're going to match you. You hit us one goal, we're going to match you within the next five minutes. And if we don't, that means your goalie's playing on your head, on their head. And then at the same time, too, you will have the D-men of Boston or a guy like Marchant come in and stir the pot to where the D and the offense of the Blues are going to take it. I mean, look what they did to Carolina. I mean, Justin Williams and Marchant were, were getting into it the whole time. You know, when your captain is the guy that's going to the box, that's an issue. So I really think when it comes down to it, it's the Blues offense is still young in some senses uh, compared to the, the D-men of Boston. I mean, with Chara being 42 – and he pretty much said the other day, and this is the point I wanted to make before, is it doesn't matter of your age or what playoff consistency that you've had. We treat everybody the same in this room. So even though he wasn't in the last game, I think unless he gets truly injured, he'll be in this full series uh, the whole way through just because of his veteran leadership and plus him being the captain. Yeah, and quickly to your point, yes, 18 Blues players have scored, but 19 different Bruins players have scored. So, you know, it's the depth among both these teams, offensively and defensively, is truly, you know, impressive. Um, mm-hmm. And that's more or less why these two teams are in the finals because they're getting scoring from all over the place, yes. um, which is huge. And Yuchara, yes, being older, I think, like I said, has hurt him at times this playoffs. And um, But you, like, he got bundled and, and tossed around during the Columbus series, which you never see from Char or have never seen from Char in his career. And he really was getting pushed around. And if the blues do a, take a similar approach, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie Columbus series. Yes. The Bruins won, but it was really, they won because of the power play and the blues are in a similar, similar place in that their penalty kill is not as good, 
um, as the Bruins power play, just yep. based on the numbers this year. So if if the Blues can stay out of the box and be as physical as Columbus was to the Bruins, especially forwards on D, then I think this series is a lot closer than people are giving or people are predicting it will be. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it's I think this is going to be a real grinded out series. Both of these teams have shown that throughout the playoffs. And you mentioned that that Columbus series of the Bruins had to go through, but think about the Blues too having to go through San Jose and the and the firepower they brought and, and St. Louis grinded them down and, and won that in six. And I think and they've continued to do that throughout these playoffs and, and have really been able to to be almost chameleon like of matching team at their game and being able to, to you know, put up towards it, whether it's needing to score first, whether it's needing to be physical. So I agree with you. I think this is going to be a really close, really fun series to watch. And it's, it's going to be incredibly fun um, in terms of edge. I am going to give it to St. Louis. I think it, I think they, they do just, it's similar to the Bruins. They just have the depth to, to find the mismatches against the Bruins D. So I'm going to give it to St. Louis there. No, yeah. I mean, I hear you. Um, I give, I give my edge to the Bruins D strictly because I think that they dealt with the physicality from Columbus. And I think that they're going to be ready for it this time, as opposed to last time they didn't realize that Columbus was going to be that physical and having seen it once, you know, you're prepared for it a second time. Jared, what say you? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with this one just because of, if you take a look at it and with you really always, you go off your captain now. With the Bruins, I will have to say, really, they have two captains. If you can, I consider Bergeron to be the real captain of the team uh, for them. So if Char is not giving it to you 100% as your C captain, you look down to Bergeron. I, I'm going to give it to the Blues on this one. All righty. All righty. Let's jump over to the goalies. We've talked a lot about Jordan Bennington. Um, obviously, a rookie has oh. done incredible things for the St. Louis Blues team. And really at the, at the backs of him, he's been outstanding throughout the playoffs and, and just continuing it on through, through the regular season. And there's not too much else to say than, than riding a hot goaltender is one of the best things that you can do to make a playoff run in any sport, better than a hot quarterback, better than a hot pitcher, a hot bat in baseball, better than a hot hand in basketball. So, I mean, what Bennington's been able to do is outstanding. Uh, do you guys have any other notes before we jump over over to Rask that you guys want to talk about with him? Greg, you take Rask. I'll take Bennington and give you some uh, some stats here. There we go. Uh, I love it. Uh, your call, your your Calder Rookie of the Year. I'm calling it right oh, now. Oh, easily thousand percent finalist. Throw bet, the, bet the farm on it. Bet the farm on it. So, Jordy, we talked about before how the Blues went since January seventh. Bennington has been twenty four five and one. Uh, 1.89 GAA and a 9.27 save percentage uh, in five shutouts. So not not too shabby. Uh, he's the fifth rookie goalie in AHL history to earn his, the team's first 12 wins in a single postseason. However, I say this is the – you look at what he's done thus far uh, this year in the playoffs. His numbers slipped, and, I mean, granted – it's the Stanley Cup playoffs, so they're still pretty good in the finals. Um, you know, a 2.36 goals against and a 914 save percentage and a shutout kind of sounds like Matt Murray and just just the, the dreck that he's become halfway through the season. But this guy made it into the playoffs and made it through. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very – I think that if he – the youthful innocence and ignorance – 
if he can continue that, I, I would give it to the Blues mm-hmm. with um, the advantage. But let's go to the homer. How about uh, Tuca? Yeah, Greg, what, what's the deal with Tuca? So just so we're all on the same page here, okay? Tuca's save percent, goals against average in the playoffs is 1.84. Bennington's is 2.36. Tuca's save percentage in the playoffs is 0.942. And... and Bennington is 0.914. Okay. Tukaras has two shutouts. Bennington has one. Uh, both obviously have 12 wins. But, uh, you know, I think to say everyone's talking about Bennington. Yes, it's been a great story. Yes, he helped his team get to um, the finals and into and into the playoffs first and foremost. But um, Tukaras, by the numbers, simply has been better, plain and simple, through the entire playoffs, um, every single round, top to bottom, you know, only has has not really had a weak game yet. Knock on wood, um, he has had a couple weak goals, but you know, nothing that ruined his team's chances of winning a game. Um, they did lose a two to one game. You know, they they he they have not yet to lose. They have yet to lose in a blowout fashion. Knock on wood again, um, but the. Numbers speak for themselves. Tuca goals against 1.84, Bennington 2.36, uh, save percentage Tuca 9.42 and or 0.942, and then Bennington 0.914. So, um, I numbers wise, you have to give the edge to Rask just based on the playoffs, based on what they've done so far to this point. You have to throw regular season out of the door, out of the window, and and it has to be playoffs only. And playoffs clearly Rask has the edge. Um, on the other hand, I'm not sure if you guys know this, but Bennington actually played, um, in the, for the Providence Bruins last year. So he, you know, has some familiarity with the organization. The organization has some familiarity with him, uh, in that maybe they have an advantage. Maybe they know how to beat him. Maybe they know what, uh, his weak spots are, um, just based on talking to the Providence, Providence Bruins coaches. So, um, Hopefully that'll give them an advantage, but just strictly based on numbers and what they've done so far, you have to give the edge to Tuka Rask. Yeah, I think the the save percentage is is the bigger stat here, even though the goals against is nearly half a goal less uh, per game. But I think the save percentage being almost almost thirty points ahead, um, it, it speaks a little bit speaks a little more because Bennington, think about it, has faced a Winnipeg team that yeah they floundered a little bit in the second half, but still have a solid offense. Faced a Dallas team that that's not really going to affect your goals against that much, but that really showed off his brass there. But then San Jose, where we talked a lot, a little bit about Couture and what they were putting out there. I think that affects the goals against, but the save percentage, I think really speaks a lot to it because Tuca in a lot of those games really stepped up. And especially in some of those series, he was the reason why the Bruins pulled out some of those wins. And I think if he's, if he's playing like the stone wall that we've seen, you know, NHL hit style, uh, I think that he gets the edge there. And that, that's probably the biggest question is it coming into this is what, which Tuca will we see? Will we see the, the one that, that we saw struggle a little bit in a couple of those games, or will we see the one pre- that we've predominantly seen in the playoffs that has been up to snuff and has put up nearly 90 has blocked ni- nearly 95% of the shots that has come his way. And I think that's, that's probably my biggest question coming in. And I think tonight will show a lot of it. And that's where the rest versus rust argument would probably come in. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give the edge to Tukarask as well. I think he's, He's been here before. He's been he's been in these bigger moments in the playoffs. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't the goalie that the Bruins rode 
in the 2011 cup run, but he was in 2013 when he stepped up big. Uh, and I think here, I think he's just got that experience. He's going to run that here. And that was going to be my question to you, to you guys. Uh, you know, we talk about Tim Thomas and everything he did on those, on that cup run and how Tuca was kind of like, which Tuca is going to show up. And that's been the thing since, uh, what do you think this is going to do to solidify him as the, uh, as one of the best goalies in Boston history, Greg? I mean, Boston's all about what have you done for me lately, right? And uh, and it's funny because people overlook the fact that Tim Thomas in the Stanley Cup Finals really was not good. Like, his stats were, were not what they were in the first three rounds. But everyone says that Tim Thomas won them the Cup that year. Uh, if you look at the games that they won and they beat – Vancouver, it was like 5-4, 6-5. You know, they really – and then the games they lost, it was like 6 nothing. And so uh, they, the Bruins offense ended up chasing um, uh, Luongo from the game in all four games they won. So, you know, that – I think Tim Thomas – if you if Tuca wins the Cup, I think he, he, everyone will argue that this is just as good as a run as Thomas had. Um, but I think – Thomas gets a little too much credit for the Stanley Cup Finals itself, despite the fact that uh, in said finals, he was not, not as good as advertised. Uh, and I think, Jordy, you fell into the which two are we going to get narrative. You fell into the to the media hype, media oh, spin. Oh, it's a because, trap. Yeah, I mean, no well, it's people in Boston are just on anyone no matter what. You know, we're talking about Bergeron. Everyone's saying that Bergeron needs to show up this playoffs. And, you know, how can you ask a guy to show up more than he already has when he has, uh, what, an absurd, like, crazy amounts of points and, and had three goals and two assists in the last series? Ah, uh, you could be and, better. You could be better. You no, know, but I'm saying, you know, you Score mentioned – all the goals. Well, you mentioned yourself, Jared. You know, it, that's just <laughs> – if, if, if not Char, it's Bergeron. So, yep. I think Boston is just a tough place to be regardless, and, and Tuca is – Luckily, the, the leadership has kept on to him and hasn't traded him. Like, the fans have been calling for his trade for the last five years straight. Um, and if he wins a cup, I think no one says another word. And if he loses, I think everyone still calls for his trade or trade for him, even though he had an unbelievable playoffs. So um, that's just the way it is. And, and which Tuka we get, Jordy, I think it's the same Tuka. I think the difference is that the defense went down and, and – Yes, Tuka's been seeing the puck well, but you mentioned rest, 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 rest. Guess what? The Bruins have been sitting for 10, game, 10 days. The St. Louis Blues have been sitting for seven. So it, it's all the same at this point. That was, the, that was, what I, that was something I was going to ask you guys next of, are we, are we going to overblow the, the rest versus rest there? But one last thing on Tuka, his career save percentage coming into these playoffs was 92.4% goals against 2.25. So he's outperforming both of those, and especially that save percentage. Well, the last couple of years, he really struggled. He was nearly at three goals against per game last year, um, and a save percentage that was barely above 900, uh, 0.903. So I think the fact that he's really stepped up in these playoffs, I mean, it's, it's putting together a resume for you know, a re- you know an all-time performance, in my opinion. I agree. I don't no. disagree with you. Yeah, so it sounds like Greg, it sounds like you and I are both going going Rask, Jared, or are you which way are you going with this? I'm 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 going with young and dumb. I'm going with the blues. All righty.
All righty. Before we go into picks, are there any other storylines you guys are watching out for? Uh, I'm, go ahead, Greg. No, I mean, I was, I was just the biggest storyline for me, I think, um, is if this two things, the St. Louis blues staying out of the Ponty blacks. Um, and, a thing that the San Jose Sharks had said was that the Blues were intentionally trying to injure them. Now that could just be a team that lost, you know, saying things because they're bitter they lost. But when you have multiple guys, multiple players on San Jose saying that they were being intentionally targeted and the Blues were trying to injure them, um, you know, that has to have some credence to it. But if the Blues, it depends on how tight the, the referees call the games, if the Blues take penalties, I think the Bruins win easily in five or six, but if, or sorry, four or five, but if the blues can stay out of the box, if the blues can play five on five hockey, then I, I really think that it's just a matter of which goalie blinks first. No, I, I I think that that, that's a great point, Greg. I was going to say one thing we need to look at is the coaching. Um, See how you got, you got Mr. Cassidy versus Mr. Bowlby. You know, the coaches, they really go ahead and they, they mirror teams. Um, and um, just, look, look. But then if, if you kind of go to a two, uh, I think one of the storylines that we have to look at, boys, going into this, and Greg, you touched on it, I believe is the NHL officials. Are we going to get the officials that blew the hand pass in the last series? Are we going to get officials that, you know, they take too long to make a call when they're not doing it off of their first – shall we say, their first gut instinct? Or are we going to get a series where the, really, the the officials, they come in and they don't make a difference and they just call a good game and you don't talk about it. So I think that's another storyline too. That's actually a really good point, Jared, because it has been, obviously, we didn't, we didn't even touch on the hand pass and kind of the Blues just running away with that after after getting completely hosed in that game. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that we get the, the ladder of, of your of your your options we threw out there that we have you know, that we have just no storylines coming out of the referees room. Uh, I don't think that crew that that blew the hand pass is calling us is calling Stanley Cup game. So I think They're we not. avoid them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean that, that doesn't mean that the other guys could aren't you know prone to possibly making mistakes there. You know, I'd like to see I'd like to see more. You know, let the guys play, let let them go out, let the, let this be, let it. Let it be a grinded out series. Don't call everything. Don't be nitpicky. Um, so I, I'm hoping for less action from the referees in this series. Less is more. Yeah, yes. no, I, I disagree. I want um, more penalties, and I want more power plays for the Bruins, and I'll, I'll deal with more power plays for the Bruins and more PK for the Bruins because uh, you know I'll take if it's five on five, if it's five power plays versus five PKs, and – I'll take the Bruins percentage of scoring on three out of five and, and stopping two out of five and winning the game. All right. All right. It's fair enough. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think the rest is something to be mentioned just based on this year alone. Like you got, like you yeah. know, we started talking about it and, and you saw it, the, the inconsistency, right? For me, if, if there's consistency across the board, then, then yep. I'm happy. No. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is key as a, uh, Jared, as as you know, you're the you're the king of consistency when it comes to your umpiring. I try to be. Nothing boils <laughs> my rear end more of uh, just 
not not calling it across the board or being consistent or if you're going to call it consistently bad call it consistently bad don't show show fits of brilliance yeah that's a fair enough point let's go into our picks i and this is going to be fun to hear the reasonings for jared let's start with you of who you got well i mean once again i'm going to go against tradition even though after this i have a tie to the bruins and the the last time the Blues and the Bruins played in the Stanley Cup Finals. I'll leave that as our outro. Um, I really feel, and I always like to go with the underdog. I always like to go with a team that's that has a good story behind them, not necessarily saying that the Bruins don't have a good story behind them. I, ju- I just have a feeling it's the Blues year. Um, to never have a team go from dead let now we're talking in a 31 team league not the 6 team league or the 12 team <laughs> never having a team go from the the uh, the shit house to the penthouse like they have um, you know it's it's really just a great story with the blues between Gloria and the Mummers bar down here in South Philly they actually have a watch party outside tonight from my understanding they're going to have a screen outside in front of the the bar Interesting. So they're just going to have a huge block party down there. That'll be a scene. Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Will down be. on two street. Holy shit. And then, and then the young lady dealing with cancer and how mm. they rallied around here. I mean, team of destiny, in my opinion. Once again, cliche guy over here. Um, I say the Blues in seven. I like it, Greg. Jordy, it's hard to bet against the Bruins just based on – how things match up on paper. Um, but as Jared said, sometimes storylines are, are more than enough for, for teams to win. Um, and you go to any championship that has been won in any final play, like any finals that has happened. And it's been the story that has won out in the end. Um, like the Red Sox, 86 year curse, the Cubs, hundred and whatever year curse, you know, it's, it's always been the story that has won out. Um, versus the on paper but uh like even this year on paper the rams should have blown out the patriots but the patriots had that you know us versus the world and every single storyline you can imagine and they won again so for me i think i'm sticking with the paper i'm sticking with the facts i think the blues will try and be physical and they'll try and outlast the or outmatch the page uh, the Bruins physicality. And I think that's going to land them in some trouble. I think they're going to go on a PK and I think the Bruins power play is too good at the end of the day to not score goals and not take advantage. And um, I think the Bruins get the production from Tuga and I think they end up winning this series um, in, I'm going to say six just because we never have had the luxury of seeing Boston teams really winning home recently, so uh, I'm gonna have to oh, say for you, for you, days and three rubbing tugs later, come they're on, gonna, they're gonna have to win. Poor Greg doesn't get to see his teams win at home. They're gonna, have to win, they're gonna have to win the road, just like all the others. <laughs> all the other peons. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Bruins as well. I'm going with them in seven. Jared, I agree with you. I think this is gonna be an awesome series, and it's gonna be real. It's gonna be back and forth. I think I, you know, I've. I would almost bet the farm on games one and three for the respective home teams, but those other games I think are complete toss-ups, but going with the Bruins. Cause I think their depth is, is just a little 
deeper than St. What St. Louis has in terms of forward. I think while the, while the blues have that offensive ability uh, with the, on the back end with the defenseman, like we talked about a little bit, I, you know, Greg, I agree with you. I think they're going to try to try to chameleon their way to, to try to match physicality and get themselves in trouble a little bit there. And then, you know, I, I just think Tuca Tuca's riding, riding a really hot glove right now as, as hot as Jordan Bennington's been. I think he's just, there's going to be a little bit better. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be another exciting series. Like the last time the Bruins won seven games. Um, and you know, we walk away from there <laughs> and, uh, I want to ask you guys this too. Who do you got for the Conn Smythe Trophy playoffs MVP? I mean, for me, it has to be the guy who is leading in every all four major categories for for his position, and that has to be Tuka Rask. Yeah, I would agree. If, if the Bruins pull it out, it's Tuka. Even if they lose, if if they lose and every game is two to one, three to one, you know, I pulls the Hexball or yeah, or the Hasek or yeah, Hasek too. Or who is the guy? Uh, the guy for the Flames, Gregaire from uh, from from the Ducks. He won it when they lost the Devils. Yeah, that's yes, yeah, yeah. So I think I think he gets it regardless. I think he's been that wow. good this, these playoffs. I like it. Granted, Jared, what about you? That's that's he doesn't let up seven goals a game. But yes, moving forward, I think it's him. <laughs> I like it. Um, I say that if it's the Blues, it'll end up being Bennington. Uh, with that, uh, but I think uh, I I actually think it'll be uh, Brad Marchand could win nice. it. Okay, Bruins. I like it. Yeah, I mean he's he's certainly certainly putting up the numbers for it a point per game. I, I yeah that's a that's a good pick, Jared. I yeah I'd, if he has an outstanding series and it's something where it becomes a little more of a of a run and gun series, I, I could see Marchand taking it out. Um, good job by you. Great pick. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts we have uh, on this on this series going forward, boys? Uh, what What are your picks? Uh, yeah, I went. Yeah, I went Tuca with if the Bruins win, and yeah, and I think I'd like it'd be cool to see to see Tuca win it if they lose. But uh, yeah, Jared, I, I'm going to go with you. I think Bennington gets it if uh, if they end up winning. Yeah, I'm going Tuca regardless, and um, I think the Bruins in six. Yeah. So uh, I, I alluded to it. Um, my connection to this series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This story. Um, in 1970, you had the Blues and the Bruins in the Stanley Cup final, and one Robert Gordon Orr scored the game winner in overtime. The legend. The, the legend. So, Greg, I don't, I don't think you know this, uh, but I am related to Bobby Orr. That's really cool. Um, it's like, like 18 – Times removed, but my grandmother Mary Barnes, her maiden name is Orr, and Bobby is either her grand nephew or great nephew. And uh, it is, it is the only thing when it comes to the relation is I have a huge uh, nose like Bobby Orr. We both got elbows uh, poking out of our face, and I have no hockey talent in comparison to him. I am not an offensive <laughs> defenseman. I'm very offensive in general, but I don't have the offensive ability. So hey, that, you, grind, you grind it down in the in the in front of the goalie. You move some guys around, Jared. Don't do. don't sell yourself short. Well, but you know, it's like my golf game. Mm. I sell myself short and overperform. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing is that people don't realize the Bobby Orr, the die of overtime winner, that was a four game sweep. You know, people think it's game seven. People think Yeah, the, the Blues have never won a game. They've made the finals three they made the finals three straight years and they got swept all three years. Yeah, people people think it's a big thing, but it was really just a sweep. Um and 
all-time moment, iconic thing, and uh, over under that that storyline is mentioned six times in the first two games. Oh, it, at least. Yeah. Oh man, does Al Michaels have anything to do with this? Because he'll he'll say it like twenty times to really fuck up the over. He was there, right? He yeah, was. I think it was he. Did he call it? No, I'm just I was just talking. Oh, all right. Well, and I and I he think called a miracle. He could have called that. It's true. And I think the other thing, boys, is um, don't forget what today's about. It's not about barbecue and it's not about drinking beers. It's not about the Stanley Cup tonight. If it wasn't for uh, the men and women in our armed forces that have come before us and paid the ultimate sacrifice, uh, we wouldn't have this today. We're, you know, we'll be sitting here and hopefully, Jordy, you can make it over later on here, have a couple beverages here in the command center as we watch. Yeah. Um, you know, just just thank a veteran. Think about those that have come before us, and uh, you know, we we wouldn't be able to have this uh, bullpen cart and this uh, thunder blog if it wasn't for that. So happy oh, yeah. Memorial Day to everybody, boys. It's it's always a pleasure to, even though it's through the interwebs, the series of tubes, uh, be yeah. with you. Guys. Yeah, well said, Jared. And I, th- I thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So as a, just building off of that, I went to Billy Joel on Friday night. And you know, Friday night Memorial Day weekend it was pretty pretty good, great concert. He plays Goodnight Saigon at one point, and you mm. could see you could see down on the floor there were guys in their in their dress whites, and it was really cool to see them. And he brought them up on stage and wow. had them arm in arms, Marines, Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, really powerful moments. So yeah, if you see a vet, you know a vet, please go thank one. It's you're not like Jared said, it's not just about beers and barbecue, but it's about so much more. Uh, couldn't couldn't agree more, um, both both you gentlemen, and uh, Jordy humble brag about your concert. So graduation present. I'm glad you're able to slip that in there for yourself. Um, oh yeah, and congratulations to G Dub with the graduation there, bub. Yeah, hopefully I get a job soon. You know, so I can uh, have some have some cash again. You know, it's been too long. Hey, student loans are a myth, Jordy. Um, <laughs> We should we should all give we should all give our our money away as as the politicians say. But yeah, uh, we, we should uh we should also we went to that one college where they're all getting forgiven. Yes, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. we don't meet the criteria to make it into that college. Yeah, but that's a very good point. Yeah, for, right from the, right the get go. Jordy, go bees. Uh, Jared, pleasure as always. I'm glad that this season has brought us together yet again. Yeah. And uh, if we're being honest, I'm glad that we. You pick differently, so I can overtake you again in the playoff-long predictions that we've had. Hey, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, everything's up in the air for that. But, boys, I appreciate you guys both hopping on for this. It's obviously a ton of fun, and doing the podcast is, it means a lot to me, and I'm, I'm glad to share it with both of you. So thank you guys for, for doing this. Yes, sir. Jordy, go, Brad. All right, stay classy, Philly. I'll see you later, Jordy. <laughs> I'll see you guys in a bit. Everybody make sure to like, share, subscribe, and have a great week. It's finally summer.